Today, Susan joins me for a discussion of biblical meditation and Bible memorization, two important parts of our daily spiritual life. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. There are a lot of moving parts to the journey, but our foundation is built on God's Word. So the question is, how are we doing in engaging in God's Word? So thanks for joining me and having this discussion today. Thanks for having me. We are still, just as a side note for those of you who ever watch the recording on YouTube, we're in the middle of remodeling a little space to be a studio, so it's not very suitable at the moment. It's kind of awkward for us to try to get video when there's more than one person. So uh, maybe you can see that today. But you see one wall that is a cool wall if it didn't have two outlets in the middle of it. Anyway, moving right along, confession time. I struggle with Bible memorization, particularly with numbers. I have always hated numbers, not so good with math. Remembering the references has always been a problem for me. It takes a lot of work to get them, and it seems like if I don't review them just constantly, then I I just forget them very easily. But we're not going to start with Bible memorization. We'll get there in a minute. We're going to start with considering what it means to meditate on God's Word. I suppose just to bring you in and think about this for a second, what's When's the first time you remember hearing that idea? Because I don't really remember the church talking about meditating on God's Word, maybe until college. And I'm not, I'm not sure that's true. Maybe I just didn't hear it because I can be incredibly dense if I wasn't <laughs> listening very well. But when's the first time you remember this concept? I think as part of homeschool, my mom was going through the Psalms, and Psalm 1 is one mm-hmm. of her favorites. So I think we talked about that, I remember, as an early teen Mm-hmm. I'm sure our church did. I just don't remember outside of looking at a verse. And then even then when you look at the verse, not really talking about what it means to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't part of my growing up. So let's start with the definition for those of you who are like me and maybe haven't thought about what this means. From the Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, there are a couple different definitions. But the one that really matters to us says to meditate is to focus one's thoughts on, reflect on, or ponder over. And that's really kind of the definition, the style of meditation that we're talking about. It's not meditation that is a, a mental exercise or a mental challenge where you're focusing on your breathing or some certain mantra and you're, you're hoping for some kind of spiritual enlightenment. But it's, it's focused, all right, but it's focused on God's Word and it's really using the logic that God gave us to uh, reflect on, to on, to. Uh, consider the meaning of what God has to say. So it is a mental thing. You do use your mental, but it's not like a lot of the the meditation that people do, they're focusing on one thing and not really thinking about it. They're trying not to think about it. You repeat it so much that you don't think about it and hope that opens the door to some kind of enlightenment. So it's a different kind of mental thing. It's not a a persistence and endurance kind of Focus on your breathing and just think about this rhythmic thing or this mantra that you repeat over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's not repetitive. It's using your logic. So it is mental in a way, but it's, it's different, if that makes sense. A lot of the Eastern meditation is emptying. So you focus on something that, so that you can exclude everything else. And with what we're thinking about with biblical meditation, what we're trying to do is fill our mind with God's Word, really understand it, uh, and understand it deeply. So we're, we are actively trying to think about what it has to say. I think the first thing we should do as we think about meditation is look at some of those verses like what you were talking about. First, 
And this is part of answering the question, why would we even consider meditating? Would you like to read Psalm 1, 1 to 3 for us? I would love to. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, this is one of those passages that talks specifically about meditation, and it talks about he meditates on his law. We're talking about what God has to say. And this whole passage is thinking about that idea that meditating on God's Word relates to how we live. Mm -hmm. So the person who doesn't, and it gives us those three things there in the first verse, walk in the counsel of the godly, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the scene of scorners. That's one side. The other side is delighting in God, uh, delighting in His Word. And I think meditation is done best when we do delight in what God has to say. There's joy there. I think there's not drudgery. And some people, when they think about meditation, particularly this kind of maybe focusing on nothing or focusing on something that's just kind of meaningless and re- repetitive, it that could be drug, drudgery. I could totally understand that. But when we, when we consider the idea of thinking about what God has to say, and you're really thinking about the implications of it and learning more about God, there's not drudgery. There's joy there because we're learning more about who God is and what He has to say about us and about Himself and about the world. So I find it, that, that's the fun part. Once you've read it and you understand a certain amount, then you get into the joy, which really is meditating and considering more deeply what God has to say. I was thinking the um, before we were saying it's a mental exercise, but don't you think the Holy Spirit is also like moving in your spirit um, to kind of work with your logic and your reasoning and thinking about it? So it's kind of yeah. a supernatural, driven or helped along, mm-hmm. supported kind mm-hmm. of. Well, and I think it is in this context that we, we think about how does the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us as we as we study God's Word and we want God to lead us. And I think this is one of those activities that is directly um, related to that, being putting yourself in a position where the Holy Spirit can very easily direct us and help us. People talk about praying and God brings things to mind, and I think that's true too. But when you're meditating on Scripture, you're looking at God's Word and saying, God, I really want to understand this. You're inviting, and you should be as prayerfully then, inviting God to show you what you need to understand and learn and apply from this passage. I think that's it's putting yourself in that position saying, I want the Holy Spirit to direct me. This passage, it gets to the verse 3 there. It's one I always liked being in horticulture and thinking about plants and trees. It said, he should be like a tree planted by the waters. And the tree that has always constant access to all of the water that it needs is a, a safe tree. And it's a tree that has a strength and endurance. And I think that's what meditating on God's Word does. It is that it's one of the roots that digs into God's Word. So we talk a lot about spending time in God's Word, about our Bible time. You can use a generic term like that, or devotions. What do we mean by that? Well, some people only mean reading, which is putting one root into God's Word, but there are other roots. And I think meditation is another root that's maybe a deeper one because you're taking God's Word, you have to read it, but then you're actively 
thinking about what you're reading. You can't meditate without some kind of intentionality, but you can read and be thinking about something else. But you can't do that and meditate on God's Word. Yeah, um, probably most people have heard the illustration of meditation that a lot of teachers give, and it's a little indelicate, but uh, talking about the cow who has the stomachs and they eat the grass, but then later on they bring it back and chew it over, and it's kind of that idea Mm -hmm. of, you know, rehashing and digging deeper, I guess. Yeah, and that's one thing we'll come back to when we think about the how of doing it, mm-hmm. but having some specific questions you're asking. So you're looking at the passage from different angles and different, um, mm-hmm. different ways of thinking about what this says and how it applies in different contexts. And you are, you're kind of rechewing that passage. But um, definitely, Psalm starts out with, to spend this time in God's Word is valuable to us. Mm-hmm. It goes on, Psalm 63, 3 to 8. How about that one? Okay. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you, your right hand upholds me. Okay, this one, I, I picked this one out. There's quite a few verses that talk about meditation or passages that do, but I picked this one out because I really like that imagery. It says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. And that's one of the, the things about this combination. We're looking at meditation first and then memorization, but as you memorize scripture and then you are awake at night or you're driving or you're doing something else, you have God's Word to bring back, and that's a great time to meditate over it, to think about it, when instead of letting your mind wander, you're able to give it some direction. I mean, your mind wants something to do. (laughs) Your mind doesn't want to be uh, lazy and distracted. Like we tend to, in our culture today, watch TV, um, turn on some idiotic show or follow a YouTube trail, And we're distracting our mind because our mind wants something. And what meditation is, is saying, here, mind, God created you to pursue him. And here's one way that we do that. So if you've memorized scripture, then as you're doing something else, you're able to pull that back and chew on it again. And in the night watches, I think that's a nice way to think about that. I often have trouble sleeping. And there's two things that I've done fairly consistently. The first one that I've done the longest is wake up and realize I'm, I'm not sleeping well. And I, we had a pastor that said anytime he was awake at night, he felt like that's Satan trying to ruin his next day and take him out of the battle. So he said, he's going to fight back. So he's going to give all of that time he's awake to prayer. <laughs> and said He would pray for the men in his life and for the church and all these things. So I said, that's a great idea. So I regularly will take that time and just go through first family, and then go through all the men that I'm discipling or men that I'm working with and men in the church and just go through concentric circles of people that I know that I can pray for. And that that's one way to do it, and that's great. I do enjoy doing that. But the other thing that I've started doing, and I don't do it quite as often because prayer is the first thing that comes to mind in those cases. I mean, I've kind of trained myself that way. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is to think about some of the verses that I'm thinking about are some of the context of ministry and what does God's word have to say about this thing. So I'm thinking a lot about disciple making in the context of a church or maybe a group of churches recently. So 
how does God's word relate to this? How did the, the churches in Acts and trying to think of, do I know any passes? In some cases, I'm meditating on maybe a bigger picture. I'm trying to think of, do I know passages that relate and how would they relate? So I'm meditating on a little bit different way than taking a passage and directly looking at that passage. But it's the same idea in those night watches, thinking about what does God have to say? And I think that's a great habit for any of us to develop. I know sometimes I'll wake up and I'll just be panicked about something. I don't know why my mind just goes to that. Like maybe it's a health problem or a relationship that I'm struggling with. And I'll just be like chewing it over and, you know, just getting worse and worse kind of anxiety type things. And when I notice that I'm doing that, there are certain verses that I've already like memorized, I guess, from that have been helpful to me, and I'll just think about those verses instead, and then I just can let it go and be peaceful and um, overcome those kind of anxious thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is one of the values of this combination of memorizing it so you have it there and then meditating on it where you actually think about how it applies with where I am, am, am now. All right, one more passage I want to look at, and this one's in the New Testament. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And I selected this one because I think when it says there, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Uh, God has given us His wisdom. He's given us logic. He's given us the ability to be creative and to think and all those kind of things. And I think as we spend that time meditating on Scripture, that's one of the things we're doing. We're we're letting the Word of God dwell in us. It's not just passing through. You know, if you just read it and don't think about it, I think sometimes it just passes through. Or if you hear a sermon, it passes through, and hopefully you take a few things from it. But particularly this combination of memorizing and meditating on it, you're dwelling on it. You're letting God's Word dwell in you. And that meditating on it, it's settling in. It becomes part of you in the way that you think. And and then God's Word changes you, so it becomes part of how that you you act. So how does our our worldview change? What's well, spending this time dwelling and thinking about God's word? And I think it, it does, it changes over time. So I love this way that it puts that to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom. I think that is meditation is one way to do that. And then it's amazing. I've no I've um, hung out with some Christian women and somebody asked them a question and they had this really great answer. And I was thinking, wow, how did they know that verse? Or how, how did they come up with that answer? But maybe they were just reading that verse that day and had thought about it, or it was part of them, like you say. And I think later on, you never know when God might bring that back mm-hmm. to be useful for mm-hmm. you or for someone else. Mm-hmm. All right. We've looked a little bit at the why now let's look a little bit at the how. There are a lot of different ways that you can practice meditation. I think even the process of journaling is a meditative practice. So it's not something I've done well my whole life, and you've done more of that maybe so you can speak to that. But I know even doing the little bit of journaling now, I find that valuable. And the times when I'm really struggling with something and carrying it a little deeper actually has been helpful. But maybe you can share how journaling has been part of your life and how you might attach that to any kind of meditation on Scripture. I'm not really sure exactly which kind of journaling you're talking about. But, um, yeah, I do, like, if there's something that I learn in my Bible reading that I really like that sticks out to me, I'll write it down. Then I can always look back, you know, in those days where you're just like, oh, I can't read right now, or I'm just too out of it. And then you can read back and go, oh, that was a great 
thought. I don't know. Um, I've also, they call it, isn't, don't they call it Bible journaling when you copy actually the oh, whole maybe. word of God? I've done that before too. And in the process of writing slowly, you are sort of looking at it a little faster than just ripping through it at mm-hmm. your regular reading pace. So mm-hmm. I've done both of those. Yeah, and I think both of those are valuable. And just the process of writing does slow you down. So just mm-hmm. copying a passage or a verse, mm-hmm. it forces you to slow down and you do have that time to think about it and then to write out some of your thoughts. So I know we do the, the simple journaling, something I encourage, where you end up writing just one or two verses and then just a couple of key takeaways. But that's a real simple, short form of journaling. It's not working through a longer problem. Uh, it's not really describing a whole passage necessarily, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of the same benefits. Uh, I haven't done, I've done a little bit of copying out scripture, but I, my handwriting's horrible and then I don't really enjoy writing, which is one reason I've struggled with journaling. But I do find it valuable in this short form or when you are really struggling with something and then to put your thoughts on paper really slows them down. I find, find that helpful. So one way of meditating on scripture is to journal it. Part of this, whether you're writing it out or just thinking about how you meditate on Scripture, is considering the passage you're looking at and the individual words. What do they mean? Do I understand what the words mean? Uh, do I understand what they mean in their original context? Do I understand how they relate to each other? And sometimes we think, well, that's, that's easy. But then go and look at some of Paul's letters, and some of his sentences are amazingly long. You almost have to diagram the sentence to really say, well, that's really long. It's one sentence. So to think through, this is one thought that he put in, and it's in one, one long flowing thought. Uh, you think about it differently than when you, when you see it broken up into verses, because the verses, you know, somebody added later. Uh, so sometimes it's valuable to go back and say, how does this whole passage flow together? And then how does it relate to what came before and what after? And all that's part of meditating and looking for the meaning of the scripture. You're not really looking at the application yet, but just trying to understand what is this passage talking about. Right. Um, being a homeschooling mom, I've had to help my kids with diagramming. I think that really has helped me in studying the Bible because sometimes, like you say, it's this big, long sentence, and you're like, okay, what are the verbs? What are the... And you can kind of start seeing, oh, there are three commands in this, but they're so separated by all these in, independent phrases and dependent phrases, and, and you're like, uh, But then when you actually like underline, okay, these are the three thoughts in this one sentence, then it helps put it in a little more concise form and helps me understand it better. Mm-hmm. So... You had put down a note here about Mrs. Gutwein. So how does that relate? Right. Um, thinking about meditation, um, my the dean of women that I worked for for several years, she was in a car accident and her she was stuck in the hospital. She couldn't really move very much for a certain amount of time. And she, I don't know if she came up with this idea at that time or what, but it was very helpful to her and she shared it with me. But she would just take one verse like the Lord is my shepherd and just take one word at a time and just really focus on that. So it's like the, the Lord. I mean, you pass over the word the a million times a day, but when you think about it, it's the Lord. It's not just any Lord, you know, and there's a lot of meaning in that, just thinking of that one word or the Lord. And actually it's all in all caps. And you think about that means Jehovah. 
Jehovah is my shepherd. I mean, that is like so amazing. Or the Lord is. That's present tense. It's not like he was and he might be someday later, but he is right now my shepherd. And then the word shepherd, what does that mean? And just thinking about what that looks like in uh, you know, a sheep, real sheep kind of situation or a farm and how what that has application to me. But you just take the whole verse or two verses and just really think about them like that. Man, you're whole um, image of that verse changes and it really affects you deeper. Mm -hmm. Just a quick reading. Yeah, it really, it forces you to slow down and think about the meaning. And I know we haven't talked about it a lot, but I've mentioned before uh, praying through scripture and that's one way to do that. You think about those little sections and how each one kind of propels a different kind of prayer. When you think about the Lord, Mm -hmm. when you have all of the thanksgiving and praise because he's he is jehovah god but then you think the lord is my shepherd well then you have a whole nother level of thanksgiving that he loves me and the shepherd kind of talks about what kind of love he has and care so then you have a whole nother area of prayer so as you think about the idea of praying through scripture that's one way to do it where you just one verse can open up a lot of different angles in which you're thinking about your relationship with God or, or uh, with other people and how you can pray specifically through uh, many things by focusing on one word at a time and how it changes that, that sentence or that, that idea. So good. Um, the other and kind of the last thing we're going to end on when you think about meditation is to have a, an idea of certain questions that you can ask that just help you look at the verse and make sure you're, you're considering all the different things it could be. And there's, a, there's many, 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 many lists of the kinds of questions you can ask and examples. So if you look up any Bible study question, you'll come across quite a few of them. But it's good to have some that you can default back to and that you learn really well. So you, just, you can default by asking. You know, I'm going to put some in the show notes, but the first one is, what do we learn about God? I mean, basically... We can only know anything about God because of what he puts in his word. So one of the first questions we should always be asking as we look at at God's word is, what is God telling us about himself here? Um, You ask that question and you think about what the verse is talking about and how it might relate. Even think about the Lord is my shepherd. You learn a lot about God in that. He's Jehovah God. He is presently, not past, that he is something right now. uh, And it relates to me, my shepherd, not somebody else in the past, but is currently my shepherd. That tells us a lot about who God is. And when you ask the question, what do we learn about God? You have several different things that you can contemplate and think about. Just asking, what do I learn about God in this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd? The next one is, what do we learn about people? Okay, go back to that same phrase, and you have a whole nother list of things to think about. He, God is right now my, an individual, a person, a shepherd. And what does that mean to me as an individual, as a human, that, that Jehovah God is my shepherd? And now I'm going to think about a whole different thing, realm of things because I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about it from another angle. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the questions do. They open up a lot of different thoughts and angles. And that's, this is what meditation is. It's thinking through what do I... What do I get out of this verse? What are, what are the implications of this being true to, to me, to the world at large, relating to God, relating to sin? 
um, relationships between people. So all of these are questions that are, are, super, are super valuable in reminding you to look from a different angle. I think, too, as we read through the Bible year after year, and your, your phase of life changes and you tend to look at it from a little different angle, too. Like I know when we had little kids, I was looking at all the verses that talked about raising kids and how, what a mother or a father is supposed to do. And then now that I'm a caretaker sort of role, I'm looking at it from that angle. And it, it's the same verses that I've read, you know, how many times, but it takes on a different hue mm-hmm. depending on where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, the value of never stopping reading. You want to read through the Bible every every year, every other year, every three years, but some kind of rotation where you're constantly going through all of it because you're going to be at a different place in life. And as you meditate on Scripture five years down the road, it's going to be different. You're, you'll be a different person than you are today. You'll have different needs than you do today. And hopefully you're grown, so some of the things that you just weren't mature enough to see before are questions you weren't ready to ask you're now ready to ask, particularly when it comes to areas of obedience. We think about what are commands and what does God want me to do? Um, Sometimes when we're immature, we're not ready for that. But as we grow, we're able to look at other areas of our own life and say, okay, God, am I being obedient in this area too? So some of the last questions real quick, uh, what does God want me to understand? So God is telling us something about him. Um, we look at a lot of passages about God's character and it, we learn who God is to think through the, the ramifications of God being a certain way and how that affects me. What does God want me to believe? So God tells me what's true and what's false. The world also tells you what's true and what's false, but they're not, all, they're not always true. So God gives us a standard. And as we dwell on that and understand what does God say is true and he wants me to understand, I need to... Um, trust what God has to say. Then what does God want me to desire? And then uh, what does God want me to do is another question. So we're getting into our, our heart and the things that drive me, my motivation, but also my actions. You know, what does God have to say about all of those things? Because God has quite a bit to say about our heart and how our actions come from our heart, our words. And God tells us what kind of person He wants us to be, what He wants us to to follow and pursue. And as we look at God's Word and and consider these things, uh, it definitely um, it changes us over time when we're seriously considering what God has to say, and then spending that time really chewing on it and and considering how I live differently because this is this is there. Mm-hmm. Any last things on on meditation? It's a good idea. We should start doing it. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. This first half of the show, we focused on biblical meditation. Hopefully, it's something that if you haven't been doing, you can start to consider what that might look like. How can you incorporate that? Where can you? I, I think it's helpful to make a plan, to have some idea of uh, what I'm going to do. So I, I put some questions in the show, show notes to help kind of guide your meditation if you haven't done it before. Like I said, there are many, many different Bible study methods. Most of them will include some kind of questions that you ask, and any and all of those are good as you're thinking about chewing over what God's Word has to say to consider, uh, how do I live this out? How do I apply this? So uh, take those questions, come up with your own, figure out, think about how to apply it in your daily time with God. 
So spend time reading, absolutely, but spend some time thinking deeply about what God has to say about himself, about us, about his plans for us, and his desires for us. And we'll be right back. 